welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rupert Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt of PapaNewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Daphne Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Co-Meadows of Co-Meadows.com in Auburn, Alabama, bringing us today's topic on altars and altar work. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conger, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali. Miss Cat. Hi. Thank you, Papa Newt, for that introduction. Um, I... I'm just going to uh, try to get through my introduction as fast as I can. I'm working my little tail off. I think books for people. Uh, book orders are up. Herb orders are up. I don't know why, but that's what everybody wants this week. It always changes. Um, everybody's decided to study and learn, I guess. Um, we're getting ready for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival on it, and that's I am down to the wire on two books that I'm working on. So if you're called, try to get a hold of me. You won't because I'm hardly around. I'm just shut up in my little uh, room typing. I'm working on Secret of Numbers Revealed, a book on numerology. And this was a book that was a 48-page book when it came out in 1938. And now through the miracle of me um, working on it, it's going to be a 96-page book. And today I realized what I do. I ghostwrite for the dead. Think about it. I ghostwrite for the dead. So um, I'm adding something, and um, but leaving the credit to the original writer, a mystery man named Mr. Young and or Louis de Claremont or uh, Godfrey Spencer. And I have found out a lot about him, and uh, but still name. You know, just speaking of astrology, I have my son conjunct Mercury, which makes me a writer, in the 12th house, which is the house of hidden things. And I support a lot of people's writing. And I have for years in the comic book industry, in the gardening magazine industry, pretty much everywhere. I support people's work, often ghostwriting for them, helping them create something because that's my talent and skill. I'm a writer. But um, I love the idea now. I've figured it out. the dead. Okay, so that's, that's what I've been doing. And I've also been working on the red folder, which is the book of all of the flyers from previous uh, festivals and all compiled together in one place. I don't know how many authors we have at this point. Um, the book is like 36 pages long, and I, I guess we have two dozen authors anyway. So it, all of your favorite readers and root workers from air are represented in this book and anyone who's ever taught a workshop at the festival their flyer is going to be included in the book so it's going to be a a real compendium of where we've 
been what we've done and what we have to tell about it. And get your um, tickets. I'd love you all to get helps us know uh, how much uh, we have to get assembled if we have an idea about how many. Uh, this is not a money-making venture. This is for the community, by the community. There is no profit. But at the end, we do need to know how many lunches we need to serve, and we need to know, you know, how many uh, little pairs of scissors we have to put out on the table and how many little muffin tins full of herbs for them. So if you can get your tickets soon, it is set up so we don't have a last-minute scramble to make sure that everybody who signed up the last minute has their, their little red flannel bag or whatever it's missing. So um, there we go. Uh, that is what we're up to. And I see here uh, uh, you supposed to compare the folder.html, but you put a break in that so that link won't work. Try it again. And um, it says here that the um, audio is in and out. Cell phone because there you go. Thanks for that, Lenny. Uh, I'm on the cell phone because we still have the same old problem that we have every winter. The Forestville hum has turned into the Forestville scum, and uh, we have our our phone gets water in line and it won't conduct electricity properly. Out. So cell phones are uh, so bear with me. Already, I heard that Conjurman Ali is. Somewhere on the road, just in from the road. Are you there, Congressman Ali? I am. I'm, I'm mobile right now, so I'm going to be a little bit quiet and mute myself, but I'm hoping to be at my hotel by the time our panel ends. But I am here. Okay. I ask, what city are you in? Yeah, I'm on the East Coast. I'm in Philly right now. Philly. Well... Yes, say hello to, I'm enjoying the nice hello, cold weather. Yeah, say hello to South Street for me. All right, thank you for thank you for calling in long distance. That's just very very kind of you. All right, so we'll let you stay muted until you get to your hotel, and I bet you can private message Nagashiva and say when you're actually able to sit down and participate. So in the meantime, um, uh, you can be on air if you want to. Is that, a, or would you rather just sit there muted? Your choice. Mm. Sounds like you'd rather I'm sit okay there with being too. muted. <laughs> All right. All right. That's that's his polite way of saying, I'm muted. Thank you. <laughs> okay. All righty. Well, then I guess with no further ado, other than to remind you to get your tickets for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival 2019, the last festival that I will be hosting. That doesn't mean it's the last festival. The last festival I'm going to be hosting here at my place. Um, go on over, check out all of our guests and presenters, and uh, get your tickets. We would really appreciate early signups. Um, it, it just helps us uh, plan better. Now, I'm going to bring in our guest today. And this is, without further ado, our special guest is from AIRR. AIR, the Association of Independent Readers and Workers, and it is Co Meadows, and he's in our chat room too. So hello, Co. Hello, how are you doing? I'm just doing wonderfully. I'm busy, <laughs> like I said, 
but it's yeah. so nice to have you here. You know, you've you've really made a hit with a lot of people, and they want you on the show, and they want to see you face to face. So yeah. Um, we we love you, and we really do appreciate your being on here. So um, for all people who are new to this show, and there always will be somebody new, five years from now they're going to say, what is this show? And they're going to pick this one randomly to be the one they're going to listen to, and they're going to go, well, who is this dude? So I always begin with an introduction, and I'd like it to be a, a self-introduction. Uh, Co Meadows um, of Alabama, one of the premier root workers in America, and take it away. Tell us what you're doing and what you've been up to okay. lately. So for anybody that is watching for the first time ever, 20 years from now, um, <laughs> I am Comedos. I am known as the Hoodoo Queen. Um, I come from a long line of spiritual workers here from Alabama to Georgia um, and Louisiana and the West Indies. My family has had a minimum of 200 years in America alone doing spiritual work that we've documented since about the 1800s. And a lot of people of color, because a lot of people may not know, but I am a person of color. I am of African descent. I am of Arawak and Creek and French descent. Um, But as a person of color, a lot of people go, wow, that's like a long time. How did you get that information? Well, my family the majority of my family has always been free people of color. So we owned our towns. We owned businesses. Honestly, we were the first black railroad company in the U.S., if I'm not mistaken. Um, So we were able to keep our African traditions, our West Indian traditions, our indigenous traditions um, alive and strong for a very, very, very long time. And even still to this day, um, my I was raised by my great-grandma, my grandma, and my grandpapa, Um, all of them. I was given to them at the age of five where I was was then taught and um, to begin to develop my gifts and abilities um, for over 16 years as an adolescent. Now it's been over three decades, and I still have my grandma and five other um, elders all born in the 20s that I still um, learn from and get information from. So I am a psychic, um, but, you know, in the, in the black community, just say, hey, you know, he's gifted or he's born or she or is born with a veil. Um, so I am I'm a psychic. I speak to those on the other side. So I'm a medium. Um, I am a root worker, a healer through roots and herbs. I am also a conjurer. Doctor, so I do magic. I do hoodoo. Um, I do obia, which is like hoodoo of the West Indies, like near Jamaica, and Creek Arawak shamanism. Um, I own Comedos Conjure, um, a, a line of of traditional products that my grandparents and my great aunts have taught to me and passed down, and um, a variety of spiritual services. And um, I am also a Vaudouisant. I am a initiate in the tra- in the religion of Vaudou, um, which is a traditional African religion or a traditional African diaspora religion. You know, ADR, ATR, whomever you know may be listening. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'm the founder of the the Hoodoo Queen Conjure Fest, which is an annual event in Mobile. 
um, where we also bring in incredible instructors and just a lot of great things. Um, speaking of being busy, ours is coming up in March in a month. Actually, one one month from now, I just realized what date it was, will be the 2019 Huda Queen Conjure Fest where we um, expose people to a lot of African religion and those things. So, and, and to magic, of what's course. The date? What's the date for that? You said March. Um, the Hoodoo Queen Conjurfet is March 8th, 9th, and 10th in Mobile, Alabama. Um, tickets can be purchased at thehoodooqueen.com or Um We, and I think, Miss Cat, I think we've had a discussion before. I can't remember. But on March 8th, we're actually doing a graveyard walk in Africatown Cemetery in Mobile, yeah. which is the last resting place of enslaved Africans um, in America. And so in the, in the cemetery is so horribly kept, um, and those ancestors need to be venerated and know their importance and know how important their guidance and protection is. So on March 8th, we're doing that. Um, which is going to be really, really beautiful. It's an all-white event, so everyone shows up in all-white, and it's just a really great thing. And then March 9th and 10th will be classes and rituals, like from Ifa, um, Vodou, um, and then some hoodoo traditions that I will be teaching myself and so forth and so on. And I, I know that you mentioned that so many people, you know, want to see me and all of those things. And I know that we briefly talked about me coming out to California. I really, really wanted to present, but like you, incredibly busy on this particular event. So I know that I can't present, but we're still going to try to see if we can make a way to um, get out there and see people. And I'm just grateful and humble to even have the ability to experience the last um, who oh, that's wonderful. That, that you, you know, be. Mm-hmm. I would love to. Oh. I really would love to see you. I really would. And um, we do have a panel discussion that's always open for everybody. It's a free for all for everybody. Yes. Who's have a workshop. But there, you have so many fans out here, and if you can make it out, we would love to see you. Um, I would love to come to Mobile and uh, and go to your thing, but I'm in the middle of planning for mine. But see, next year. Next year, I won't be planning, and I can get on a train and go to Mobile. <laughs> oh yes, you would and enjoy can, it. You would, can, and listen, Miss Cat, we would we would host you and have you in as a special guest. So you would oh, be honored good. because you have done so much in the community, and and then we thank you for that. So, uh, thank you. That's what I hope to do. I hope to end up with some farewell tours. You know, <laughs> you know what? <it's> yes, <laughs> indeed. I know that's right. I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, I've I've known some of these entertainers. They'll do ten years worth of farewell tours. You know. Oh my. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. So um. Well, let's uh. Let's see what we can do here. Um. We got we got a, a time now to start talking about what we're talking about. So okay. you brought us topic of altars and yes. Um, Let's just break you right into it. Altars and altar work. Before we start, I always bring in a little bit of my thoughts first to sort of come tell where people where I'm coming from as the host of the show. So altars aren't always called altars in hoodoo, but in religions they are called altars. Altar simply means from Latin, it means up high. But there are uh, religions and customs in which they are on the floor. 
But that's just how the Romans called them altars because they were off the ground. But in Hoodoo, we find a long tradition of altars on the floor. And you can find old pictures of them. We have some pictures of them up at air of, a, of an altar marked out on the floor with candles to show the perimeter. But So an altar is whatever it is. It doesn't have to be up high. But altars don't have to be at an altar space. Uh, some people will just put their altar, uh, what we would call a working altar or a candle burning space or a space, on top of a bureau or on the on the shiffer robe or on a nightstand. Some people will keep their altar on their mantelpiece in the living room. Some people will keep their altar in the kitchen. The word altar has entered into the American dialogue about hoodoo only since the 90s. Prior to that, if a hoodoo practitioner talked about an altar, they were also a spiritualist. And their altar was uh, usually Christian spiritualism. And they were they may have come out of Catholic, they may have come out of Baptist, but those were the only people who said that they had altars, and mostly in New Orleans, and mostly they had a Catholic background. But a private practitioner, including a conjure doctor, root worker, wouldn't usually call it an altar. They'd say, I'm going to put this on my, you know, over here on my workbench. I learned a lot from a guy in Oakland, California, who had a an old building, uh, it was an old, uh, had probably been a, a carpenter shop or or mechanic shop before he made it into a candle shop up front. But the back had an old carpenter bench in it, literally a carpenter bench with a vice on it, with a screw, you know, just like that. And that's where he burned his candles, on that carpenter bench. He never called it an altar. He just said, put it in the back. Put the, you know, I'll take it in back. <laughs> that was it. But, but so the word altar has become very formalized in hoodoo recently, and it's used that way now by both black practitioners of some standing, and also by new white newcomers. But as a white oldcomer, I'm going to say, it took me a while to say alter. I just wasn't used to it. Um, so having said that, I'm kind of used to it. But I still distinguish between what I would call a devotional altar, or altar of veneration, and a working altar, which is your carpenter bench in the back. So now, that, I want to know what you have to say. Okay, so Miss Cat, you literally like one of my bullet points. You just went straight in at it. So I'm going to um, go. You know, also mention, just reiterate or say maybe different for other people who may hear it differently. But speaking about altars and and what we just say, working space. I never grew up saying alter this, alter that. You know, it was always, you know, go there and do your work. And one really, really important thing that I feel that a lot of people need to understand in regards to, and this is, um, I guess what I could say is a lot of people who are beginning practitioners or even seasoned practitioners, depending on where they learn their stuff, they think that I have to have an altar to do the work. And traditionally, Altars were not a thing. It could be very much your your um, mantle. It could be your lap. <laughs> you know, it could literally be the 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 corner table or a, a, a plate. It could be anything that you could work on. A working space is what I say because I because I grew up not saying altar. Yeah, but we said, well, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and do some work. I'm going to come over here and do somewhere. And that could be anywhere. Um, also, too, the the point that you made regarding religion, 
um, in, 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 in altar workings. 100% re, the religions, even in the African religions, you don't really, you, you don't hear about um, altars in, in hoodoo per se, but because of our religions even, we do, in, in, the, in African religions, there are shrines. There are altar spaces. So 100% there with you, with, you know, how it came about with, you know, being brought in religion. And I also explain to people, you know, being here in Alabama, um, just, what, three hours away from where I live today, um, the, the the largest group of, I think, um, Catholic, um, African Catholics are right here between New Orleans and Pensacola, um, if I'm not mistaken, in Alabama. And so you do then see altars and... Um, and I'm, and it's funny because I've been I've been pondering about making this um, comment online about saints um, in hoodoo and how people need to understand that you know when you see these saints on people's altars, they were not worshiping saints; they were worshiping the Orisha or the Loa or whatever greater or lesser African god that they serve that they put that face with it. So a lot of people are using saints in the idea that they're working with that saint, and it's like, no, our people were working with those gods and goddesses. But then if you came down to where we live, um, you do have some Catholic African Americans that actually prayed to the saints. But um, So mentioning religion and altars and, and versus who do working spaces you were 100% spot on with that, and I agree with that completely. Um, a couple of um, ideas that I really want people to understand with working in altars is, again, you do not have to have a designated area to do work. But if you're going to have a space, Ms. Kat, I think you mentioned like two particular things. You're going to say like your working altar and then your ancestor altar. I, I sort of say three, your ancestor altar. And then I say a removing working space and an attraction working space. Because either you're going to be sending something or you're trying to bring something in, one of the two, you know. Um, and the reason why I sort of separated in that way is because the residual energy and vibrations you leave behind each working, I just have a thing about if I end up doing some um, more painful cursing, hexing or crossed up um, workings and fixings, then I'm going to, I, I even if I cleansed it, baptized it, gave sight to the blind, raised the dead, and walked on water, I feel a particular kind of way about being throwing roses on top of it and going, oh, but now this was better, let's bring in some love. You know, um, so I think that it's really good to sort of have, um, if you're going to, if you are the kind of person that needs that, because I really feel it's a, it's a it's a personal choice. If you feel you need a working space, a designated working space, maybe separate maybe separated in those three categories: um, the ancestor altar or veneration space, um, a removal space or a banishing space or whatever else, and then you will have an attraction. So um, that is the, the the first couple of things that I would like to bring about. Would you like to? Yeah, can I um, add to any of those things? Yeah, I want to jump in here. Um, one of the uh, best workers I knew 
literally sat at a desk. I mean, he sat at it was like a businessman's desk. You sat across from him like you were, you know, going to get a loan from the bank. You know what I'm saying? And um, absolutely, that was his. That was it. You got the desk, and there was no um, uh, altar space. You'd you'd bring your problem. He'd tell you what it was. He'd open up drawers in his desk, and he'd say, mm-hmm. "I want you to take a bath. I want you to do this." And if he was going to light a candle for you, he would say, "Well, I, I will light a candle for you. Come back in one week." And you didn't see where he lit that, but I know where it was because I asked him about it because I got to know the man, and and it was in a woodshed. He had a woodshed mm-hmm. out there, literally where he stored his wood, and that's where he lit the candles because he didn't want to catch his house on fire. But everything was in the desk. It was a desk with rows of drawers, you know, three on one side, three on the other, and flat, and in and then we had a crystal ball, and that was it. Um, and he he did readings for you with uh, cards and a crystal ball. So there, the the idea of this um, hyper-religionization of hoodoo is kind of galling to me because it doesn't it just isn't there in the in my life that and I'm so glad you confirmed. But different people work differently. I met people in L.A. who were raised Catholic and these were these were Catholic Christian. They were not practicing an African diasporic religion. They were straight mm-hmm. up black Catholic, and they'd, they'd come from New Orleans or wherever, and they were black Catholic, and they had all the saints you could imagine, and they had, it was like a museum of saint statues, right? Mm-hmm. And they had candles going just like, it was like a church, and this was in a room off the sales room of a country shop. And uh, so it varies so much, and the one thing I did want to add is that the Baptists tend to frown upon the Catholics and vice versa. And so the Baptists tend to not have, even when they become spiritualists, their home bureau, their vanity, wherever they set their stuff up, won't usually have uh, saints on it because they just don't aren't into saints because it's not part of the Baptist religion, but they might and will have photos of the family. And that is a retention of the old African, which has been pushed from religion, but still comes down through the families. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know what I've, what I've always, because being where I live, being in Alabama, being having people from Lafayette, Louisiana, you mm-hmm. have, I, I see, for example, the, the, the saints in, in one family situation, but then you, you don't in the other. And so, but either way it goes, when I'm looking at the hoodoo, and I'm looking at how they work in their magic and their healing, <laughs> what I see is my Baptist-oriented workers use mm-hmm. the songs the same way mm-hmm. the Catholics use the saints, you know. Um, right. And, 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 you know, because we couldn't put a face behind, as a Baptist, you can't put a face behind um, different gods or goddesses or whatever or saints. But you may find a psalm that actually... See, this psalm is a characteristic of this particular so-and-so. So we're going to put this psalm up here and pray to it and throw Papa Dambala or Aida Wado or whomever behind it. But, yes, so um, getting back to... I, I just I just got to, now I just got to jump in. Thank you. Yes. Because that is, you just said it, Baptists go to the psalms and Catholics go to the saints. And that is so true because um, the, and there's a history to this, in that for many, many years, until Vatican II, Catholics were forbidden to actually read the Bible. I mean, it was considered only priests did that. So it was quite removed. But you were allowed to have pictures of saints in your home 
you know, the regular Catholic parishioner could, but they were not allowed to read, you know, read the Bible for hundreds and hundreds of years. And one of the reasons that Luther started the Protestant Reformation and the Baptists are an offshoot of, of that, the Baptists believe you should have a Bible in the home. And if you listen to those old songs like Blind Willie Johnson from Texas, I had a Bible in my home. If I don't read and my soul be lost, nobody's fault but mine. And you were considered as a Baptist to read the Bible. It, you know, did you read God's letter? I read it all night long. Those are the songs that I was brought up to, to sing. And those songs tell about the, so the Psalms become the powerful way to contact the world of spirit. And um, there you go. I'm sorry. I just had to jump in on that. Thank you. Thank you for oh, saying yeah. that. No problem. So the next thing is um, working in altar spaces or working spaces. Cleansing. You need to know, and this is uh, a co-ism is what I'm going to call it, um, is you need to identify your ancestral background, and especially if you're going to work in an indigenous platform. For example, uh, the way that my people, the, that I grew up cleansing, was not with sage. Sage was not a thing in my house. But we would work the hell out of pine, okay? Yes. And, and, but a lot of people go, pine, where is that from? You know, they didn't have pine in Africa. No, but my ancestors are Creek and native to this region. So mm-hmm. we use pine for cleansing. Um, so when I'm, when I'm cleansing my altars, I am burning roots of pine or needles of pine or I'm creating different um, brushes of pine to cleanse the space. So I always like to encourage people, look into your ancestry, see, you know, not not your interests and those things, and see what your people cleansed with and utilize that. Now, I also use things like lime um, Mm -hmm. to cleanse my spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that we always do as well. Um, there are, of course, you can make mixes of Florida water and different other items. Also, another really big thing that we do is use oak. Oak is another big thing here in my family with clean, especially like if we done done some dark things and we done, you know, done done fix up somebody real good. We probably gonna want to get some some white oak. Um, right. Space. Hey, well, now, really I got to jump in. Got a question? White oak root as a tea is what you're saying? Excuse or me. White oak. Uh, do you mean white oak brewed as a tea, or do you mean white oak branches? What you mean? Yeah. So you can do it a variety of ways. You can make it out of a tea and cleanse a space. Number one, like that. Or you can take the branches and dry brush your space. They're always moving away from you. Never brush your work into you, but always away from you. And then whenever you do that, you also want to brush it from east to west. So you never, ever brush it into you, okay? But you always brush east to west and away from you, south to north. So if you are south, then north. Right, right. I I hear it. And, And it's interesting to me, see, you said white oak. And that I'm going to confirm all my life long. And I've I've traveled all over this country and talked to people from all different parts. I have never heard an African-American 
any other kind of oak, but that white oak is always the one that is used for those sacred things. And yes, so, so to hear you say that warmed my heart because that's exactly what I've always been told, white oak. Nobody says post oak or live oak or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. White oak, white oak. And that's oh, yeah. We still, we still make a... Uh, you know, we sell white oak bark chips. Now, people can get mm-hmm. that if they have the white oak trees around, but it's not doesn't grow everywhere in the country. But it's real traditional to make a, a to brew that into a tea and to use that for washing down spaces and people. Yes. So learning how to best cleanse your your working space and your altar space um, is very very important. Another big thing is I think I mentioned maybe last time that I was on the radio is do not think for one second because you do love work or peaceful homework or reconciliation work and joyful work that you don't have to cleanse your altar space because somebody else's paradise can be somebody else's hell. So <laughs> always need to cleanse every type of work that you do in that space, including yourself, of course. So um, that is, you know. You know, I, again, I'm going to tell you something that I was taught a long time ago about that because someone was, was an old lady and she was telling me about doing some heavy, you know, harsh type revenge sort of work. And she said, you got to clean yourself before, you got to clean yourself after. And I said, okay. Mm-hmm. And I did ask. That question, I well, I don't do that kind of work. I was young then. I said, I, I, I'm not going to do that kind of work. Uh, do I have to cleanse myself after I do love work? And she just gave me this look, and she said, well, don't you wash yourself? And I said, yeah. And she goes, and she, she points her. She goes, don't you wash yourself down there after you do love work? <laughs> well, I guess I do. <laughs> and she said, that's right. <laughs> you know, I, I wonder to say that one of the... She made a joke out of it, and it was really good. So I, I, I learned that. You don't you don't have to be fanatic about, oh, I must clean, I must clean. But you wash yourself down there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alt, uh, altars have a tendency to become kind of sites of manifestation, too. So, like, whatever you put on an altar will eventually manifest in your life. Because what happens is power accumulates there. And while it's true in most of who there is an altar space, you do see a notion of kind of, uh, a place of power that you can build upon. Like most of my work, I have an entirely separate room dedicated to, to altars, but most of my work is actually done on the floor. So yeah, I have altars, but because I have to take on clients, most of the stuff is just me sitting on the floor with cookie sheets and uh, various wooden trays and doing the work on there. And let me tell you, over time, it like power accumulates there so that when you walk in or when you sit in front of it, you're already in the right spiritual mindset and space to start doing your work. Yes, you're you're very fortunate that you can do that. But I will say many people who are professional root workers will either have a spare bedroom or like the man I told you about who had the woodshed, uh, tool shed, some other space where they will do the work. If they have a shop, that work will not usually be done out front where the clients and customers and walk-in people can see it, but it'll be done in the back in the warehouse space or in the, you know, someplace like that. It's very uh, important if you're a professional to keep that stuff away from prying eyes. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's, I, a, that's a you know, like when I was 
the funny thing is, like, the reverse is, a, like, for for example, I was raised, or I should say I was adopted under the tradition of hoodoo with my teacher, Mama Jay. She had spaces. She never called them altars. But most of her work was actually done on a lazy boy. She was very, very tall. She had knee problems. So she couldn't stand for long periods of time. So what she would do is she would sit down on her lazy boy and do most of her kind of prayer work and work right there. If she had a doll baby, it would be right in her hands. If she had a jack ball, right in her hands. And she'd kind of rock in the lazy boy and do that work. And, but it was that lazy boy was just her space. Like no one sat in it. No one messed with it. She would sit on there and get stuff done. Yeah, I know one lady who did all her work on the flat top of an upright piano. Mm-hmm. And then she would, and then she would sing. I mean, you know, she she'd break out into a Baptist song, a gospel song, and in the the whole top of the piano is like vibrating, and you just go, all that music is going up there uh, to the top of that piano. And um, I will say, she did no harmful work. She was a um, a friendly worker only. Oh, here comes our music. And, um, wow, this came to an end too soon. Um, but thank you so much, Co. That was brilliant, and we learned a lot. And um, so uh, we'll get back to this topic again, and I know that we yeah. will uh, we'll address it again. Cousin Joshua just asked, um, do we have an altar schedule, rhythms or tides of work, accumulation, cleaning, etc.? I think we're all going to answer that individually, but that's a good topic for another time. How do you how do you um, maintain and clean your altar? I'll just tell mm-hmm. you for myself. For myself, I don't want my altar to be any dirtier than my kitchen table or my bathroom floor. It's mm-hmm. got to be clean. You know, that's all I got to say. <laughs> I don't have a schedule. I have a oops. I spilled some wax. I got to clean it up. Well, we'll do another one, and maybe we get Co back again. I would love to have this continue because you have a lot to say, and I can tell we only scratched the surface. All right, we're <laughs> going to go take our first client, and um, and we'll see what we can do. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour with your hosts Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, and this week's special guest Co Meadows will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home contra remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through blog, talk, radio, or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Papa Nude, read a brief, a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. And our first caller is a first-time caller calling in from area code 657 in uh, La Mirada, uh, uh, California. This is Sherry. Sherry oh, honey, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh. We're out here in oh. California. We call that La Mirada. La yes. Mirada. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I had it in my head before I said it, and then you I was like, thinking, oh, I tripped up. I'm going to roll with it. Yeah, I know. No, it's, <laughs> a, it's nice in Spanish, but, you know, it's like El Sobrani. We just we have a California. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Sherry, how are you doing? I'm um, hanging in there. How are you? Oh, all right. 
right. And thank you for entrusting us with your situation this evening. Now, I see that you have not gone to or had a reading with Ms. Cad, Conjurman Ali, or any other readers and reworkers. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. And Sherry writes, feelings of anxiety. My son's ex-girlfriend is a witch. I've seen another psychic uh, years ago. Uh, do you know? And how am I cursed? Uh, turn back to you, Ms. Cat. All right. Well, Sherry, I read your, your uh, thing, and I'm I'm very um, uh, concerned. And I'm going to ask a couple of questions. Your son's ex-girlfriend was a witch. And what do you mean by that? Was she practicing magic, or was she uh, belonging to a witchcraft traditional religion? I know she was a black witch. I know that she does, you know, like... Um, I'm not sure exactly what kind. I know that um, at the end she didn't like me because I was too close to my son. Right, but I, yeah, but I get yeah. I I understand there was animosity. What I'm trying to get at is a lot of people think that somebody's a witch. They might be practicing the religion of Wicca, and I want to make sure no. that we're clear that the word witch has two meanings. So you mean she was a practicer of evil magic? Correct. And she was. She doesn't like Miss Elvira and Miss Phoenix, who are witches, you know, circling trees and, 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 and praying to the horned god. That's not what we're talking about, okay? The word is used two different ways. Okay. Now, question number two. seen another psychic years ago. How many years ago was this? About almost four years ago, about three, three and a half years okay. ago. And this psychic confirmed that you had been first at that time. Is that correct? She um, she gave me, like, rocks, you know, like rocks, you know, to, like, keep my spirit or something up. But she said she was making, like, a doll or something like that. And it was supposed to be in my image and that it would cost so much more money to get it to that whoa, whoa, point. Whoa, 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 back up, back up, back up. I asked a different question. Did she say you were cursed or not? Yes, she did. She did. All right. And then yes. she offered some remediation, but she got to acknowledge yes. it was too expensive. But you yeah. never had that remediation that she offered. All right. Now I understand the situation very well. It just takes me a while to get to the bottom of this. I am okay. the judge duty of psychics. I'm going to throw down some cards here. I'm going to do a little card reading on this and see what I come up with. My question is, are you still cursed, you know, and um, and if so, how? Okay, so question number one, I mean, uh, uh, am I still cursed, and if so, how? Question number one is answered by the magician. This lady actually did some magical work for you. The magician is a powerful helper card. It's not an evil card. Never is evil. Always good. So this person, even though you didn't pay for the doll, they did do something to help you. And they used um, what they knew to be right. They have the four elements on the table and roses above and roses and lilies below. So this, this psychic actually had a good idea. It may not have been completed, but don't worry that that person cast evil on you in addition to the witch, okay, because it's okay. for real. She did, she did what she did, and she did it as good as she could. Unfortunately, okay. card number two shows you are still cursed. I hate to tell you this. This lady did you some good. But the next card is the devil. 
And yeah. the devil, the devil says that there is still a curse. So had you paid for the doll, had you worked with her, say, over the course of, of six months to a year, I think she could have done what she said she was going to do. Not a bad person, but it was never completed. Now, do you need to pay $100, $200, $500,000 for a doll? We don't think so, but um, but you do need to get some sort of a work done. So the card is the devil, and this shows people chained to a, a ring. They have neck chains around, and the, and the chains go to a ring and a rock. Now, this is sometimes called the card of self-involvement. Um, in other words, these chains are on so loose around the neck that you could actually pull them off and walk away. But for whatever reason, you're immobilized. The devil is there, um, and he has his hand up over the lady's head. There's a lady and a gentleman, and he has his hand up over the lady's head, and in his palm is the symbol for the planet Saturn, which means limitation. You have been, in a way, bamboozled into staying cursed. Um, it's not to say it would take a great effort of willpower to try to break this, but you've been, you have kind of are being kept there, and uh, you didn't know it, you know, but you can feel it, and you do have this anxiety. You are still under the curse. However, it is not a curse that is um, going to be with you the rest of your life. You can cut it and cut away from it. The card is the Ace of Swords, and that shows the hand of God holding a sword, and that's the sword that separates the wheat from the tares, separates the sheep from the goats, separates the godly from the ungodly. God's sword is mighty, and God's sword can cut this thing loose from you. Circling the sword, <clears throat> up at the top is a crown. That's called the crown of glory, the crown of victory. And hanging from this crown are two branches. One is olive branch, which is God's notification to us that um, you know he'll make peace. And the other is the palm frond and the palms of victory. And so, but it is victory possibly with the sacrifice. You can't just wish this away. You are going to have to do some work. But this says time has come to cut this thing off of you. You can do it. It can be done. You may need a helper. And that is my reading on this. Only thing I have to say, going back to that psychic, because a lot of people know me and they were about to think, oh, she's going to say that was a fake psychic. But it wasn't. The psychic was true. You just didn't get the work completed. And um, but so you're still under this, whatever it is, darkness. It's shown as a black sky, black night, bad thoughts, and it will work on whatever part of you is the weakest part of you. All right, I'm going to uh, turn this over to Coke. Okay, so um, I will be reading with a new deck that we came out with called the um, Le Comedos Cards of Divination. This is a um, card set, that is, a divination card set that is focused on playing card readings. So this is a playing card set. Um, and so um, I asked very quickly, you know, and that's what I love about playing cards. Were you cursed or are you cursed? Yes, you are. Um, and, and I agree with Miss Cat here. Um, I just did a very easy red or black card reading to get a yes or no answer. You get yes, okay? Then the next question is, um, you know, how are you cursed? When I'm looking at this, you get Fidel, you get Say I See, you get Antherse, and you get um, the card of health. These are in French, so you may not be able to post those um, in, the, in the chat. 
But the first thing it speaks about um, Fidel, which is a card that spoke that speaks about um, the provider, um, the the a promise, trust, um, those things. So you probably are seeing where people that used to trust you don't trust you as much anymore, or people have backs off, and that relationships have be has been a problem. Um, CSC of of the spades says there is definite harm on your roads. There is definitely pain on your roads. So this curse is still there. Again, agreeing with Ms. Cat. Then we get um, Ferte. Ferte is a card of pride. This is a card of ego. This is a card of just pretty much, I don't know if you didn't move forward with the working because you maybe didn't believe it or if you didn't trust the psychic or what, but there was something about pride and ego that was the cause of of, of this thing not moving forward. The last card that I get here is the card of the five um, of spades, which is a card that focuses on health. And you speak about your anxiety. But I could pretty much guess, and just by from this card, will say that you probably have had some other health issues that also has come about as well. Um, do this need to be fixed and done? Yes, it does. Will you do the work and, and actually get it taken care of? That part, um, I don't know. Because like Miss Cat says, this isn't going to be a, oh, just do this real quick kind of thing. This is going to be a process, especially with the time that has passed, is going to be a process now to get this off of you and to protect you thereafter. So that's what I see. Wow. All right. Well, um, thank you, Co. That's a very interesting reading. And I thought it was interesting that you had the five of spades because that is a card, you know, whether you read it as a um, playing card or a tarot card, that's a card of struggle. And uh, that's mm-hmm. an extra measure there that says, yeah, you cannot, but it's interesting because I have what the ace of swords would be the ace of spades. So we're basically seeing in both cases here, there's some work needs to be done that is a cutting away of part. Let's turn this over to Padraman Ali and um, see what he has to say. Yeah, thanks for that. I think you've gotten some very important reading here and, and important in the sense that they diagnose what you're going through, but at the same time, they also give a sense of hope that this is something you can deal with, that this isn't something you're destined to have to put up with for the rest of your life. The key here is I really recommend that you bring on some professional that you can work with. You don't have to hire someone to do the work for you, but someone who can kind of guide you through step-by-step is going to be very useful. So some magical coach, a counselor is worthwhile. You can go to AIR and check this out. In in regards to the actual work that you should be doing, what I would recommend is a two-part working, one to cleanse away and the other to protect. So first, I want you to get some agrimony, rue, salt, Bay leaves and basil. Agrimony. Rue. Agrimony. Salt. Yeah, hold on. Agrimony, rue, salt, 
bay and basil. And anything you don't catch, it's okay. This is a, there's an archive of this. You can re-listen to it, okay? So you take okay. this and, and wait, root can I, I just got to jump in. I got to jump in for just a second. Um, ma'am, we post these in the chat log, and you can read it in yeah. the chat log. Um, we just need you to, to hold yourself back, okay? Thanks. Okay. So you take these these ingredients and brew it into a tea. Just pour some water into a pot, add these ingredients, brew it into a tea until you get a nice, uh, you know, color there, and pray over it as it's boiling. Let this cool off just so that you have enough that you can uh, cool to the touch, you know, so you can stick your finger in the middle. Okay, this is comfortable enough. You're going to take this and bathe in it. Stand in your tub and wash yourself from head to foot with this tea. Washing all the way down. Let yourself air dry and gather a bit of this tea that's left over, the kind of used bath water. You can put it in a small cup, small bowl, whatever it is, just, just a little bit. You need to gather a lot, just a symbolic amount. You're going to take this to the crossroads and throw it over your left shoulder. Do this for three days straight. Every day you take this bath, you wash yourself, you air dry, Take a bit of this used bath water to the crossroads. This is to remove the mess that has been placed on you. On the fourth day, you're going to get a new knife, brand new knife. You're going to get yourself some dried ginger, bay, and rue. You can also just get fiery wall of protection incense. That would work as well from Lucky Mojo. If you get the fiery wall of protection incense, I want you to just add a pinch of rue to the mixture, okay? You're going to light the incense and smoke this knife in that incense while reciting Psalm 91. Do this for four days. On the fourth day, get fiery wall of protection oil. Anoint the knife with this. Take this knife outside to your front yard. If you don't have a front yard, get yourself a planter. You're going to stab the knife downward with the blade facing away from your house. This is the sword that Miss Cat saw. You're going to place it there as a protective guardian to keep you safe just in case someone tries to put this mess back on you. And this is going to be important. You cleanse away, and then you cle- and then you protect yourself so that this stuff can't be put back on you. If you do this, then I have a strong sense that you will finally be able to move away from this scenario. You'll finally be able to regain the parts of your life, uh, and you'll be out of the kind of shadow of this, this, this mess that's been placed on you. This is my recommendation. It's simple but effective work. And if you have a root worker to guide you through it, they can answer any specific questions you have along the way. Way. We have a few moments, so let's see if Ms. Kant and, and Co Meadows have anything further to add to this. This is a, a, a good one, and um, I'm going to say that this type of work, I have known people to do it very, very bathing and taking things to the crossroads. If you're unfamiliar with it, there's a technique to that, which Ali just sort of assumes everybody knows. I'm just going to say, if you're a complete newbie to this, you want to take that bath water to the uh, crossroads, and you can uh, throw it to the direction you want to. You can throw some to all four directions. You can throw some of it to the west. That's usual. And uh, that would be more common, uh, depending on what your situation is. If you throw it to the west, you say, as the sun sets, 
soul of this condition be removed from me, and you cast that water to the west into the road, and you say, now let all the cars who drive over this just take this out of my life and drive it to the four ends of the earth. Some people will, bl- will blow powders to the four directions or take waters to the four directions. Either way you do it is okay and traditional. So that's what he was talking about. How about you? Okay. Um, the only thing that I ask of you to do is to do the work. That's my only question. I have a feeling that you you take in the information and that there may be some procrastination. Please do the work is the only advice I would like to give. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's a very important piece of information. And I think this is why Ali said that you might want to have a... Um, with a coach, you have somebody who can work with you. You can do a coach, but they don't have to, you know, they can sure make you up some protective uh, oils to make sure nice and things like that. Send you the herbs. We send the herbs at a Lucky Mojo if you want. You can buy them anywhere. But what you might want is someone that you check in with. It's being done right. Um, Work for yourself is powerful, it's transformative, and it really will give you a sense of recapturing and regaining your power. If you need to do it again, if it works, but it three parts. Okay. So I'm uh, even after the first bath, and oh my God, it's gone. Don't stop. And this has been your problem before. Don't stop. Continue with the three days. Continue with the fourth day. Do what he said. And when he said a new knife, this is another thing. A lot of people want to cheap off on that. I'm just going to use this old knife that I got at the picnic that no one picked up, and I took it home. It doesn't match my knives. I'll use this one and pretend it's new. No, no, no. Okay. It's a new knife. That's what. It, when he said new knife, that's very, very important and traditional in hoodoo that if it's called for a new knife, you use a new knife. And that means go down and get a new knife. Now, back in the day, I'm not going to recommend it, but back in the day, people would say a knife that was stolen. And why they say yeah. that, they don't, they don't mean you should be a thief, but they say it should be a knife that belongs to no one. Okay. My but, mother always says the best workings and get working tools are stolen ones. That's I don't right. Well, I've so much but you know, I'm not going to say that on the air because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, that, that was Bali, and I hope our lady has helped. Now, let's turn this over to Papa Newt, and we'll see who comes in next. Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next uh, caller. And our next caller is calling in from area code 919 in North Carolina. This is Nita. Nita, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, welcome to the show. I see this is your first time calling in. Welcome. 
Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And now I see that you have not had any private readings with uh, Conjman Ali or Miss Kat. Um, but you have had um, uh, local readers and root workers that have helped you on this situation. Is that correct? Right. All right. Yeah. And she writes, I want to expand my spiritual gifts. I know I try to follow my intuition. How do I use this to help others and not lead in fear? Turn it back to you, Miss Kat. All right. Well, Lisa, thank you for calling in the show. I'm going to ask a couple of questions before I turn this over to Countryman Ali. He's going to do your first reading. Question number one, um, what sign of the zodiac are you? Capricorn. Capricorn. Well, you know what they say about Capricorn. The, the latter part of your life will be better than the first. That's true. It's true. So whatever it is you started with, it's going to improve with age. Capricorn improves with age. And uh, the gifts that you may have had that were tentative, like little buds, you know, coming out of the soil, are going to just open up and unfurl as you get older. That's the Capricorn way. That is the Capricorn uh, way of life. All right. And the other question I want to ask now that I did ask that first question, about how old are you now? I am 42. I know. There you go. You're just you're it's a late blooming Capricorn. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to turn this over to Patrick Ali and see what he has to say. Okay. <laughs> I was I was chuckling along uh, as Kat was saying and nodding very vigorously because she's absolutely right. Uh, Capricorn and Aquarius are always known for being a little bit late bloomers or finding what they're looking for a little bit later in life. And that's just the kind of influence of Saturn there. Um, the good news is you, you have the ability as a Capricorn to build whatever it is that you seek to build. And Capricorns are sort of steady workers, but when they build, they build success. Uh, they generally tend to be some of the most successful system builders and, and business builders uh, around, uh, probably even better than Tauruses, and that's saying something. So I, what I've done is I've pulled a geomantic chart to see what are your gifts, uh, where are they leading you, and what can you do. And the very first thing we have here is at the judge, which is Fortuna Mayor, that is the major fortune. This is a positive sign, and it gives us a green light that says you should go forward and, and build success. You should go forward and, and find uh, you know, what it is you're good at and, and work at it. You can make this into a business. This uh, mm-hmm. Fortuna Mayor combines spiritual components with practical components, indicating that you are not in a situation where uh, you will only live a life of spirit. You know what I mean? That this mm-hmm. that there is a material component to this. You can make whatever spiritual gifts you have into a business, and there is no contradiction there. But you are getting a green light to do so. Uh, the, this is also indicating what type of gifts that you have, because Fortuna Mayor also shows up as the, as the right witness here, which tells us that you are gifted in healing in guiding other people and to bringing success for them. So any type of crown of success work, any type of healing work, any type of uh, seeing clearly through the fog. When people come and seek you out, uh, they're asking for guidance, and you can provide them that guidance. You do have a very strong intuition. Uh, it's almost like a, a sun all its own, and all you have to do is trust it, 
turn your face towards it and allow it to illuminate whatever kind of mystery, whatever kind of confusion, whatever kind of question that you may have. So the key component here is trust. You've got to learn to develop trust in yourself, trust in your abilities. For yourself, you should start doing some work along those lines in some type of uh, crown of success work, crucible of courage work, clarity, King Solomon's wisdom, things that will help to build you up. You should consider getting yourself a powerful root. Um, I would probably work with a combination of Queen Elizabeth Root and John McGiven for Tuna Mayor here uh, because the other figure that we have is Populus, and that is the left witness. And Populus is, is much more inclined towards uh, Queen Elizabeth Root, whereas Fortuna Major is John the Conqueror. The other thing about this, and this is very important, is that these figures, the way that I follow the path is I follow, take the two of the Fortuna Mayor and try to trace a path back through the chart asking, well, what is it that you're truly seeking? And the answer here is very important. It tells us that you need to check your intentions. While you are gifted and while you can transform those gifts into material success, you can set up your shingles, you can set up a shop, and you can actually make money doing this work, you need to ask yourself what your intentions truly are, what it is that you are seeking. Make sure that you're doing this for the right reason. Make sure you're doing this to build yourself up. Make sure that you don't get lost in the kind of social component of this, the, the peer pressure component of this, the uh, instant gratification component of this. And this is very important. Mm. You have to have a very strong sense of self if you're going to do this. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself getting lost down a rabbit hole in which you're taking on clients that are outside your abilities, in which you're taking on work that is not what you're geared towards, in which you're opening up a business before you even learn how to walk. So it is important to check your intentions, build slowly, build from the ground up, know who you are, what your abilities are, be clear about that, and from that place of certainty and surety, that's where you can build true success for yourself and make a name and a good reputation. The sense I get is that this is several years worth of work. This is not something that you're going to be doing by the end of 2019. You're going to be the, you know, a root worker extraordinaire. This is going to take some time. So you're going to need to be patient and work at it. It will probably start off something very small where you kind of give some guidance to friends in turn for favors uh, or small amounts of donation, and then you'll work your way up from there. So there's a very clear practical uh, uh, recommendation from the from the geomantic chart here, and that is to take it slow, be clear in your intentions, and to don't don't you know don't bite more than you can chew. That's what my reading says. I'm going to turn this over to Co Meadows, and then you're going to have the Queen of Pentacles herself give you root work recommendations <laughs> on how to okay. build a kind of business and success out of your skills. Okay. Okay. Hello, darling. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm lovely. So when I pull your cards, because your question to me is a very important question, and I take it to heart, because a lot of people right now in the spiritual or holistic magical community, is they're doing too much. They're doing way too much. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and so when I pull your cards, I first ask the question, magic, like hoodoo. Conjuring spirits, I get a no. I then say, well, is she a root worker? Is she a healer? I get a yes. 
So right mm-hmm. with Hunjman Ali, you're definitely a healer. So that says getting into those roots, getting into those herbs, learning how to maybe even um, focusing on um, herbalisms and, and, and those kind of things. But it, it definitely says that that's the thing. The other thing that I, and this is what I, when, when, you, when I read your um, comments, I then had a vision of you. You have been doing a lot of self-research on hoodoo, conjure, magical workings. Would that be correct? I have. Okay. You have, this is what I tell people, you have filled yourself with a whole lot of knowledge, but you're still starving for wisdom. That's why you haven't been able to prosper. Mm. Again, agreeing with Kunjaman Ali, you have been putting your energy and effort into spaces that your gift is not resonating with. It doesn't align with. So mm. you really, really have to. And this is the, the um, and I'm, I got that vision of you just going through YouTube and buying after book after book, and you're doing stuff, and it's like nothing's moving. But this is why. When I pull your card, the very first card is the um, the very first card that I get here for you is the um, Ace of Trifflet et Magie. This is a card of the Ace of, of Clovers or Clubs, which means mm-hmm. opportunity. This means opportunity is there for you, 100%. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that it's Clovers and you should be working with herbs. The last card, mm-hmm. well, there's two other cards that's really important that come. Um, well, I'll tell you the other, the other one. You also get the card of um, Puritaire. Puritaire is a card that says destruction. So if you do the wrong kind of work, there will be destruction on your path. The next mm-hmm. card you get is Ikeep. Ikeep is a card of working with other people. You need to be, you, 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 like Miss Cat said, you, you know, um, our late bloomer. So you need, honestly, to find a mentor. Whether you come to the Hoodoo Queen Conjurefet or the Hoodoo Heritage Festival and find a mentor that will help you and guide you in root work, in healing, not magic, but the healing of your okay. community. you got to first get that. And the last card that I get is Gong Rish. Gong Rish is the five of diamonds in my divination set. And in my divination set, this means that a lot of wealth will come to you, but only by smart decisions. Only by smart mm-hmm. decisions. So unless you are working smart, instead of doing all this work, um, working hard, you cannot get the um, prosperity and the financial freedom that you want and that you need. But most of all, and I will tell you this from, a, from one healer to another healer, if you focus less about what you don't have and the money of it all and you heal your community, as we've always done, you will be mm-hmm. beyond rich, beyond measure, okay? And that's mm-hmm. what I have. Okay. All right. All right. I, 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 readings correspond. I'm sorry. With, you need to be part of the people. Yes, I, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna 
ask a couple of questions. I'm going to give you some root work advice, but I'm going to ask a couple more questions that are interesting to me to understand. You use okay. the phrase, um, and uh, you said you didn't want to lead with fear. And um, does this mean you have self-doubt? Um. Yeah, I think part of it is self-doubt on some stuff. I I know I've been kind of working on myself to kind of, um, you know, when you say trust yourself more, kind of trust myself more, um, especially with intuition and because, um, like, sometimes during meditation I'll, like, see, feel like I see certain things and then, you know, I'll kind of brush it away like, oh, and then, you know, it kind of oh, comes to pass. <laughs> so, and not like... I understand. I, I gotta, I'm going to move on because I want to give you a spell. But there's your okay. point of And this is you. It's the same reason. Hello. I'm sorry. Hi, I'm there. Okay. I think my signal is crazy now. <laughs> so, um, what I would do to um, work on is what I would do to work on my. You got to you got to just say to yourself, "This is what I to do." Mm-hmm. So, um, Kali Mojo had a little comment, and she's she's a, a card reader. She wants to nurture others. Very much the healer, the nurturer. Thank you, Kali Mojo Girl. Same kind of reading that they got. So what I'm going to tell you first is um, make some uh, contacts within your community. Where are you uh, living? Where is your local uh, place? Um, Raleigh, North Carolina. Raleigh, North Carolina. All right. Now, I know there are people in North Carolina who do this kind of work. You don't have to travel all across the country. Go out and talk to some of them, make some friends, and find out who you like and what they do. If you do want to read from books, no problem with that. People have been reading from books ever since books were invented. No, no, no problem with that. But you need to actually do the things. Try them on yourself and try them on friends. In other words, if some like like I'll for a, 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 a tea and uh, that a lady was to bathe in, make that tea yourself and see how you if you were to at least wash your hands in it, how do you feel about it? Okay. Hello. Hello. I want you to... Any dreams, I want you to write them down. But you want a book with a little margin on one side. So if the dream comes true, or if you see a sign or an omen, even years later that relates to that dream, you're going to write that in, what it was. This is to attune yourself to your dreams. The next thing I want you to do, I want you to get some form of divination that you feel comfortable with, whether it's just intuition, all right, but it might be a pendulum. Probably one of the easiest things for people to work with. Okay. Elizabeth root on a string. It can be a little stone pendulum. They can be had online. I sell them everywhere. Just get yourself a pendulum. Clear quartz is a good one for a start, and or maybe white quartz and quartz. 
And uh, uh, there are ways you can look it up online. I have a flat. Okay. I heard the pendulum. You can either get a tarot card deck or you can get a playing card deck or whatever deck you like. Mm-hmm. And you're going to ask a question and lay out three cards. And then you're going to read those cards, see what they look like to you, what do they say. And then you're going to put your pendulum over them and say, did I read this well or not? And it will answer you. That pendulum will tell you true. Am I reading this correctly? If it says no, try again. Because it's, it's yeah. a self-reaffirming system to use a pendulum to check your card. And many people do that. The next thing I want you to start to, to learn is if you have any opportunity to learn um, how to make herbal teas or learn about herbalism or take a course in herbalism and diet, I want you to um, consider that that's a path that's very good for you. You need a little divination under your belt, but what Co said, no magic yet. You're not, you're not going to be a magician at this point. You're going to learn how to read for people, and you're going to learn how to heal them. So start building up a little, um, a little uh, set of the herbs you like. Cook with them, make tea with them, bathe with them, and once you get to know those herbs, really know them, begin to prescribe them for people. Do it for donations. Say, oh, I'm just working this old-fashioned way. There's nothing. recommend you do. To work with, either to help them lift that box of candles. It's too heavy. And you can lift that box for them and they'll teach you something in return. So look around. And I don't know, I mean, I, I tell you, in North Carolina, there's a lot of people doing this work. Um, hook yourself into the community. Okay? All right. Uh, so now it says here we got some trouble with the line, so I apologize for that. Bumper music is coming on, and I guess that's it for me um, as far as giving that root work advice. And we're going to turn this over to our technical world, I guess. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, 
Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All Times Pacific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Co Meadows of comeadows.com in Auburn, Alabama. Take it away, Co. Uh-oh. Hello? Mm-mm. I think we have technical oh, do- problems. It's been a day of technical problems. <laughs> yeah, did we lose Co? It seems like we did. Um, Dr. Shiva, can you find Co on the line? Because I can keep talking, but people are also saying they're having trouble uh, uh, listening to me. Are you there, Ollie? I am here, yes. Okay. Can anybody in the chat room hear Ollie or me? Yeah, Question. I can. You're fine. Well, you be here. Yeah, but you're on the line with us. So I'm just asking, type yes if you can hear us. Anybody in the chat room? Can, can you hear, hear the sound of no? our voice? Ah, okay. Miss Michael says yes. Thank you, Miss Michael. So we know we're broadcasting, but we don't know what happened to Co. Co's still um, on the line. I can see Co on the line still. That's why I wasn't um, concerned with it yet. But we can't hear him. Okay, Co. I'll hear you. Do you want him to dial back in again? Sure. Okay. So, Co, we can't. Uh, could you hang up and call back in? Tony Ice, Dr. Sweet hears us. Miss Athena hears us. Um, uh, Miss the magic I, of live radio. Typing. All right, that's a good question. Can Co? Yep. <laughs> All right. So, uh, meanwhile, Narashiva has a free spell and um, it says um, it's an attractive queen, uh, Co Meadows. Okay, well, damn, I don't know what to say. Is he calling back or not? Maybe we can read the free spell if it's. uh, I believe that's what we're going to do. I think coming back, as I understand, but it's difficult to know when. Okay. How about you start posting that stuff because oh, he sends it to you um, and see what see what's going on, okay? Uh, yep. Start posting it and uh, I'll yep. read it as we go along. It probably okay. should be somebody who can be heard consistently reading it. All right. Let's have Papa Newt read it with his dulcet, beautiful, sweet voice. There you go. <laughs> All right. Once he posts it, I unfortunately do not have the free spell that was given it, so I will wait till it's posted in the chat room. Come. All right. Here it comes. <laughs> you will need four cups of water, uh, cane mm. syrup, four petition uh, with the name of your desired love, and let's see what else we have. <laughs> I can just see. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you. That is a very important spell. And the coffee is to attract the person quickly, right? Mm-hmm. As well as, a, to a speed and, uh, as well as to appease a particular spirit of the crossroads. That's right. That's right. All right. So that's a good, that is a really good, um, good way of working. It's very old school. I love it. All right, Cole. Well, this has been a technical uh, slight uh, discombobulation, but it's been wonderful to have you here. Uh, we hope next time Blog Talk Radio will be kinder to us. <laughs> so, um, I'm I'm going to just uh, turn this over to Papa Newt. He's going to read our outro, and then we'll all come back, and I'll say a few words, and then we'll all say goodbye. So take it away, Papa Newt. Thank you, Miss Cat and Contraman Ali, and thank you, Comedos of Comedos.com in Auburn, Alabama, for being our guest this week. We invite you to to, uh, join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Papa G of SouthernFolkMagic.com in Nashville, Tennessee, bringing us the topic on the human element in root work. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rupert Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman Ali at theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. You can, uh, and I'm your announcer, Papa New, joining you from papanew.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rupert Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.com. HTML. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Papa Newt. Now, remember, folks, we're going to be uh, having two festivals coming up. The, uh, the festival, the uh, Contrafet in Mobile, Alabama in March, and you can find that at the Hoodoo Queen uh, dot com and then get your tickets for that. Then after that in May we have the 12th annual Hoodoo Heritage Festival in Forestville, California. And you can go to heritagefestival.com and find that. And um, for those of you who want to be my apprentices, better get in touch with Leslie Lowell at the shop. The apprenticeship is filling up. All right, everybody. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs>